0: This is Lady Talk Radio, your space for real conversations about real life and real ways to improve yours. What up? Welcome to Lady Talk Radio. I am your main chick, Stacy Ray, and I'm so excited to be bringing you episode number 24 with Samantha Lynn. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by WeAreLadyAlpha.com, where we start conversations that empower you and help you think, feel, and live better so you can have the fierce and fulfilling life you want. For the show notes of this episode, anytime, you can simply go to WeAreLadyAlpha.com forward slash two four. So if you aren't already on that page getting all the goods, you can head over there now. You will find Samantha's details there, some awesome points to listen for throughout the episode, as well as my contact info. I love getting your comments and questions, by the way, so feel free to send those my way. And if there's something specific you want to hear us talk about on this show, or you want to be on the show, or somebody you know wants to be on the show, holler at me. I will make it happen for you. And thanks for leaving those stars and reviews on iTunes. It really does help other lovely ladies like you find these combos. So I mean, duh, it's like a no-brainer. So head over there. You can go to ladytalkradio.com or just head over in iTunes there. And if you like the show, if you're getting something, if you're down with us... It just takes like two seconds. You can throw up some stars and a little review. So thank you so much. Today we are taking a deep dive. We are jamming on self-love, on claiming your health freedom, and how Samantha has taken a really profound journey into truly liberating her relationship with her health, with her body, with her life, and all of the beautiful lessons along the way. So if you presently are with an illness or if you were maybe had one in the past or you're like me, you have severe food allergies or maybe you just truly want to explore and transform your relationship to your vitality and your wholeness, this episode will really hit home. It is so, so good. So I can't wait to share it with you. So I want to tell you a bit more about Samantha before we jump into this. Samantha Lynn is a self-love and wellness coach. She is focused on illuminating your awareness and physical vitality so you can live the life you've been putting on hold. Through her own experience with disease, and her detachment from the identity she had created around that, Samantha is able to see both the victim and victor mindset and assist others in transitioning from helplessness to empowerment. She is a stand for your health, your wholeness, your self-love, and your vitality because a world full of people that feel good is a world of infinite potential. You're going to love this episode, so let's get into it. Hey, Samantha, welcome to Lady Talk Radio. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I am so excited about having this conversation with you.
1: I am so excited as well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: we totally, we felt the vibes. We knew. We felt the (laughs) vibes on Facebook. We were like, yeah, this chat is going to happen. So I'm so excited about that. Um, Give us a little look behind the scenes of your life. Like what's going on in your life these days?
1: Awesome. Yeah. So right now, the biggest thing that is going on in my life is my relationship to health and health health freedom and what that looks like to me, Um, spending the majority of my time just being in tune with myself. I actually just posted on Facebook about this the other day, how like the last year of my life has been such a period of, of turning inward. And I'm really excited to, you know, kind of bring that work to the forefront and start sharing it with other people as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So powerful. I've seen a little tidbits of it and stuff on Facebook and we were kind of chit chatting before, so I can't wait to dive into this. Um, so I kind of know a little bit about you, but give us kind of some background on like what it is that you do. So I'm just going to let you cover that because I could probably put it, fill in the blanks of what I got off your website and Facebook and stuff, but I'd love to hear just from you. What is it that you are creating in the world? Who
1: are you? What are you up to? Awesome. Yeah. So right now I am still working at my eight to five job. Actually, I'll be very authentic about that. You know, I still earn money at that establishment. I wouldn't call it my job, you know, it's not here what I'm here to do. But as far as my actual passion, my purpose, the thing that lights me up, it's really helping other people. And right now I'm focused on self-love and authenticity and helping people break patterns, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves and We live our lives through those stories, and sometimes it distorts our perspective, and so it can be really helpful to have a coach such as myself or my coaching partner, Brandon Bozarth, and we work together a lot. So it can be really helpful to have someone like us sort of on your side with a flashlight, you know, shining into all your (laughs) blind spots and sort of, you know just kind of giving you a little reflection of maybe where you haven't seen something before, you know, cause there's what, you know, there's what you don't know, but then there's what you don't know that you don't know. Yeah. And getting an insight into that last category is super important. So that's really what I do.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely love what you said about the flashlight. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like let's back it up for a second, you know, if we went back like, you know, five years or even 10 years and we were kind of a fly on the wall in a way, you know, um, before you got into this work and the the journey of that, you know, what was your life like before and how did you come to start doing this work?
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. This is like dark night of the soul conversation (laughs) here. Um, and you know, honestly, I don't feel like I really emerged from my dark night of the soul until just about two years ago. So, I'll take it back five years before I got into this work. I was in college and I was in um, what I would call a toxic relationship. And through that experience, you know, I started really um, questioning who I was and what I really wanted out of life. And immediately after ending that relationship, I ended up, uh, I guess, I I could call it I got sick, you know, I started experiencing dis-ease in my life. And so that was a huge eye-opener for me at 21, um, you know, had been perfectly or what I thought was perfectly healthy my entire life, and then literally just woke up one day and it felt like my world had been flipped upside down. And so my identity as a dancer, as a runner, as an athlete was completely questioned and so I really started asking those big questions, like, who am I without all of that stuff? Who am I if I'm not doing these things? Um, you know, do I really believe in all these things that I've been saying I believe my whole life? So it was like this big existential crisis. Yeah. And um, so really just four years after that, which would bring us here now, or five years, I guess, it's just been this process of me really... Kind of, you know, being forced to find out who I really am underneath all of that. And it was the darkest period of my life. And I just over the last year or so really have started being that light at the end of the tunnel instead of just seeing it, you know. For a while, Mm -hmm. I kept thinking it was outside of myself and I was getting answers from the universe like, you know what you need to do. Like, you just don't like the answer. And (laughs) I'm sure that anyone listening can relate to that. You know, we hear the intuition inside of ourselves. We hear that little voice and, and we just don't like the answer. So we, we choose to ignore it. And that's what I did for a very long time. Yeah. So
0: powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That little voice inside, right. It can be really easy to step over. And I've been talking a lot about this with people recently. Like the more that we step over that voice, it's like the greater that separation becomes, you know? And Mm. yeah, it's almost like those little lies we tell ourselves.
1: Yeah. it totally got to the point where the little voice became like a loud voice. And then it was just like, basically, you know, banging on my door, like, (laughs) hello, listen to me. And so it just got to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And it, you know, it was brought to me in, in a really uncomfortable way, but honestly, (laughs) sometimes we're all a little thick headed, I think. And so we need that. And my whole life I was like, you know, preparing for this big purpose (laughs) And it was almost like the universe was like, well, you asked for rain, so don't be mad about the mud. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, you're, you're like me. You have a lot of analogies. I like that yeah. about you already. <laughs> oh, I love it. So good. We have to have a sense of humor in this journey too, right? Because I mean, I love oh, that you really everybody. spoke to that, that it, you know, it's not always the easiest path when we're getting through all of that. And I so relate to that. So thanks oh, yeah. for, yeah, thanks for being really honest about that. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you that I have been invited to experience patience for most of my life. And it's still something that I that I struggle with, you know, and, and it really is important to have humor, even in the smallest things that has really gotten me through a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: totally. So did you, you know, as you, like, as you described, like you became the light at the end of the tunnel, did you fall in love with this work? Did you, like, how did you start to work with people and what was that transition like for you?
1: Well, I think I always knew that I wanted to work with people Mm -hmm. and growing up, I kind of had this story that I wasn't talented, that I didn't have any like natural, what they would call God-given talents. And I wasn't really exceptionally good at anything and that was just the story that I was running for such a long time and I think really what brought me into this work was experiencing it for myself and when it became literally it was like a last resort you know I didn't seek out personal development until I really just didn't have a choice but to look at myself for a long time I you know was looking for everything outside of me. So this was like my last ditch effort to like be happy. (laughs) And, you know, whether that, whether you want to consider that a good thing or a bad thing, but that's, that's what it was for me. And so really just experiencing it for myself. And there has been a lot that I've read in books and, you know, audios and documentaries and all these things, but it's so conceptual until you're actually living it. And that's really when things started to change for me because I've been reading about this stuff for years, but it's only been over the last year or so that it has been more and more about the walk instead of just the talk.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And I love seeing your work and stuff. And how I initially had come across you was just a random post that I had seen. And I loved your, your. I guess we could call it, I, I know this is kind of your hashtag, like fearlessly authentic. Like you were just so real and a lot of our listeners, we talk about this a lot, just how much we we crave that realness and that rawness and that honesty about, you know, what's occurring for us and what's going on in our lives. Um, what was that like when you started being more authentic and embodying that more? Um, were you kind of still experiencing fear? Do you still experience fear when you share some things or how does that kind of go for you?
1: Yeah, I definitely still experience fear when I share things. And I think, what's interesting about human relationships is that often we're most scared to share things with the people that we're closest to. Yeah, and yeah. so the age of social media is, is huge in this authenticity movement, because I feel like it's almost easier to get really vulnerable and really raw with people who don't actually really know you, um, outside of, you know, the Facebook world. So I think, you know, I do still have that fear when it comes to, sharing with people who are, who are really close to me, but it's never been, it's never stopped me. And I think that's the difference because, you know, courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. It's not that no one's ever scared to share. I'm sure most of us are still scared to share, but it's about doing it anyway, because it really does free up so much for other people. Like my most vulnerable Facebook live where I was just crying on on Facebook live sharing, you know, where there was still pain in my life was probably the most traffic I'd ever gotten. And that was not my intention at all. I, I was actually doing the permission challenge with Alexi and, and Melinda, Alexi Panos and Melinda Cohen, if you are, know them. Mm-hmm. And so I was sharing and I got such an outpouring of love and support and just people, you know, reaching out to me, even people that I hadn't talked to in years where that still had my phone number and texted me and just wanted to just love me and support me and, and be with me in that. And so I think really it just, it opens up so much for other people as well. Cause I got so many messages of people wanting to share with me too. And I really see the power in that, in the community of that. Yeah.
0: So good. Oh, love it. I did not see that Facebook live. (laughs) However, (laughs) I imagine that it was absolutely beautiful. And I just so hear you when you say that, you know, it's, it's, it's not our intention to create, you know, this big buzz by sharing authentically, but people are hungry for that. And we can all relate to that. So that's so beautiful. Thanks for doing. Thanks for doing the work, Samantha.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah.
0: So I know your jam, one of your jams is self-love. So let's, let's go there because we've talked about this a couple times on the show. And it's, it's interesting because for me, what I always found was for years, I kind of put personal development on top of not having really a great relationship with myself. And so it wasn't super effective. And I kept coming back to this mm. whole, like, you know, needing to understand self-love. And for a long time, I tried to do self-love, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like pedicures on the weekends and things like that. Um, you know, I, I kind of collapsed self care and self love into one one messy pile. Uh, but you know, when I truly started to create this relationship with myself, everything changed. And I'm really curious about for you, like when you really started to dive into your relationship with yourself and that that just unconditional self love. Um, what what was your experience of that? Like, what? Just go there for a second, jam on that.
1: Totally. So I think the biggest thing is there is just so much in this personal development space right now. And I love that it's become somewhat of a fad because yeah, totally. regardless, it, the work is getting out to people. The message is getting out to people, which I think is really important. Yeah. But one of the caveats to that is that it seems like everything or most of the things that are out there are just ways to do more, better or different And people are all about change, 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 instead of, like, real, like, real-life transformation. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, like, adding things and adding this routine and adding this into that. And really, for me, what it's come down to is, like, getting rid of all the stuff that isn't me. So, revealing the person that I have been this whole time. Like, I'm already perfect, whole, and complete – there just may be some, some things obstructing my light. And it's just about removing those things, whatever they are, whether it's relationships, habits, you know, stories. Gosh, stories has been a huge one for me. So really, I don't think it's ever been about adding. I mean, I certainly tried to make it that way at first. But <laughs> it's too. more about the un- unraveling, the unlearning, the, and, and just remembering who you really were before you started just adapting all of these new ways of being that actually don't serve.
0: Thanks for saying that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Ladies listening, that is just, that was a mega truth bomb. I pretty much in every episode, I will find like one quotable in there. And I think that was yours. That was just so yes. That was a a, a real yes moment for me there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So when we start to really remember who we are and embrace who we truly are and really start to release those things um, and, you know, fully live our lives from that place. In your experience, what kinds of things change?
1: I just feel so much lighter. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. You know, it's just real, like emotional freedom. um, And just this non identification to things that like really aren't me, you know, and and that's something that I'm sure we'll get into as well. But like I had been identifying with illness for so long. I'd been identifying with being a victim for so long and I was not born that way. I wasn't born a victim. I wasn't born broken. There was nothing ever wrong with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. We're totally going to go there. I hope you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh before we like kind of segue out of self love, like let's let's just really dive into this for a second because I've had a lot of conversations about this with women, and there seems to be a little bit of confusion about what self love truly is. And I know it's kind of a, a giganto question, but can you kind of give us your take on what self love is for you?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think it's love in spite of whatever you're going through. You know, it's not it's unconditional. Because you are the only person that's ever going to be there fully with yourself, 100% of the time, and a lot of us will look for it in other people, but it's it's only within you. And if we keep looking for that outside of ourselves, the universe will just keep giving us people who also don't know how to love us. So it just becomes really perpetual. Um, so to me, it's just it's unconditional. That's the best word I can use to describe it. And that doesn't mean that I condone. My negative patterns or the stories that don't serve me, but it means that I'm willing to be with it because that, you know, what you resist persists. You can't transform anything while you're making it wrong. Yeah. So you have to be with it first and accept that that is what is. And, and it doesn't have to mean anything about you as a person, And it's just up to you to get, you know, realigned with your values and what's important to you without making yourself wrong or bad. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Thanks for that. Uh, Because we've, you know, I think we've kind of heard and been told a lot about what self-love is and what it isn't. And there's like a little bit of confusion there. So I like to just clarify, you know, and just put something out there for people to kind of chew on because, um, yeah, I love what you said. It's unconditional. You know, it's a, it's just a no shit, no kidding all the time, you know, yeah. and having your own back. Somebody said to me once, it's, it's being, it's being your own ally. And it just really like, I was like, yeah, got it. So like in Mm. those moments when we're feeling like, you know, we did the thing wrong or we weren't enough or something happened or we made a mistake or, you know, the, the moments that it feels easier to beat on ourselves, like truly being your own ally and being in your corner and going, actually, no you're awesome.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, you know, you're having a conversation with that inner child (laughs) in yourself, you know, it's like, what would you say to a child who came up to you crying saying, I'm not enough. Like, what's wrong with me? How would you handle that? And that is how you can approach yourself because it really is just the inner child in us, you know, that's scared or that feels like they're unworthy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So get that. Cool. Thanks for that jam. That was awesome. Um, And in your experience, like just, you know, in coaching people and putting out this content and like, and sharing your messages with people, which is really what I got when I poked through some of your videos is I like that you keep it kind of, it's like short and just solid and like a total, like, you know, something I like to say like a, you know, something to chew on, something that you can take action on and and go out in your life and like, you know, use. Um, How, how does self-love really like you know, when somebody wants to change their life and they're like, Oh, well, I think I love myself. You know, I'm feeling okay about myself. I'm pretty confident. You know, how could they kind of up level that or how could they start to really um, hone in on how their relationship with themselves is?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it starts with just looking at what your day consists of and what makes you happy and seeing if those things line up. Cause if you're living your day-to-day life, which is where the bulk of your life is, you know, like the bulk of your life isn't, like you said, getting nanny petties on the weekend or <laughs> yeah, taking yourself so cool. on a nice vacation. The bulk of your life is you know, from, the moment you wake, from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you, you know, lie down in bed at the end of the day. So what are you doing daily and how does that line up with your values and with what you want out of life and how you feel about yourself? Because we're doing things for the bulk of our life that we don't want to do. You know, that's, that's not self love. And and that's not to say just go out and quit your job tomorrow. But Mm. (laughs) I mean, if you want to go for it. But, (laughs) you know, really finding ways to, to bring self love into into your day to day living, making sure that your day to day life is aligned with, with what makes you happy, because that is where the majority of your life is spent.
0: Yeah. I love that, Samantha. That's so juicy. Yeah. Like making your choices literally from self-love. So it's like from self-love, what kind of car do I drive from self-love? What kind of food do I feed myself? You know, from the lens of self-love, it's like, you know, how do I operate throughout my day? Like, do I choose this or do I choose this? You know? Yeah. That's so Mm -hmm. good. That's so good. Exactly. Oh man. Getting in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, what I love about your message too, and what I really vibe on about you is that you're, you know, expressing your femininity and doing it in a very real way and a very, um, well, the way I see it is like, you're really practicing that self-expression and putting yourself out there. Um, what has like, what has that really, um, hold on, I'm trying to figure out what the question is I'm trying to ask you here. I think it's like, you know, what, what are you trying to, um, what are you intentionally uh, wanting women to feel more, talk about more? Like what is it that you are trying to create with your movement and your messages is basically what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing up until probably honestly, a couple of days ago, my biggest thing was about vulnerability and transparency and really being with what is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm still totally about those things and, and one of the newest things that I've started focusing on is just the idea of wholeness. And you and I jammed on this a little bit before we began the recording, but yeah, just wholeness and realizing that you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. That's something that's really come to the forefront of my experience. Yeah. Was there anything
0: specific that kind of brought that to the forefront? Or has it just been kind of in the making for a bit or?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I've had that story about myself for a very long time. And, you know, it was something that I hadn't really noticed about myself until someone very close to me brought it to my attention. And he was like, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Why do you always ask what's wrong with you? And it was almost this, like, just this little phrase that I would throw out, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I would just say that not realizing that there was so much story underneath just that little tiny phrase that just, I was seemingly so casually throwing around, but there was so much underneath that. And it really started with, you know, the damaging relationship and, and the illness. And I started really identifying with my circumstances as me. And those circumstances were were obviously not working for me and so I took that to mean that I was broken that I needed to be repaired that something was wrong with me and started really being you know it was more like I don't want to be where I am instead of I accept where I am but I also would like to be somewhere else yeah got it
0: yeah totally I actually really relate to that I I really had that story for a long time too and it's interesting the way that you're explaining it I'm like wow me too me too <laughs> yeah love that um which kind of segues in too because you know I actually grew up with um like a lot of food allergies and different health imbalances and a lot of different stuff that I dealt with with my body and I actually had a story about being like flawed or weak I had a lot of like mm-hmm. my body's really weak or things like that going on and so as you were describing that I was like oh I so had that story of like I'm not I'm not whole like there's something wrong with me
1: um mm-hmm.
0: yeah so that's been a huge one for me too thanks for sharing that um in yeah. terms like let's kind of segue into what you were sharing initially as well is like how you identified with your illness and and working with that relationship. Um tell us a little bit of like backstory on that and, and you know how you got to be here with it.
1: Definitely. So for as long as I can remember, you know, I was healthy prior to when I was twenty one. So mm-hmm. I was healthy for my entire life. So it was a huge like just a huge shock for me not to feel good, not to feel like I could go out drinking all night, wake up at 7am, go for a killer (laughs) three hour workout, go to class, you know, go to work and then, you know, go out socially with my friends and do it all again the next day. Um, That literally gives me whiplash just thinking about it right now. (laughs) But uh, there was a time where that was normal for me. And All of a sudden, you know, it was like my world got flipped upside down. I sound like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air right now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll just clip
0: that in. Like, (laughs) Awesome.
1: Um, But yeah, so (laughs) I just started experiencing a totally different life. And I remember initially going down the path of Western medicine. And I was told by doctors that it was in my head that there was nothing wrong with me. Here's a Prozac. See you later. And I was like, I took it in in my head. I took it as, well, I'm not convincing enough because this is an illness you can't see. I really need to make it believable. And so I really took it on. Like it consumed me and I, like I became the illness and it was like the illness had me instead of me having it because Mm. it was my, it was me compensating, trying to say, yes, I'm sick. Please believe me. Like I need help. And so I, even now, after I had started the, the healing journey and doing the real healing work, you know, healing the whole body as a system, I realized that I still had remnants of that story, you know, and I was still allowing it to control me. And, you know, the biggest thing for me was just realizing that being sick doesn't mean anything about who I am. And this really hit home during an exercise where I was getting present with The illness, you know, where it was located, what it felt like, you know, what color is it and the thoughts associated, the emotions associated. And I realized I was saying to myself things like, um, this is why I have anxiety. Like I'm broken. I'm such a burden to everyone. Like all these really negative, terrible things about me. And I was like, how does me like, and I'll just give one of my random symptoms as an example, but I was like, how does me having low blood sugar or like hypoglycemia or whatever how does that mean anything about me as a person? Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't at all. And when I had that realization, it was like, I immediately became part of like some big cosmic joke (laughs) where just like, this is hilarious. Like this is actually hilarious that I thought that I was broken because of something that was happening to my physical body. You know, my body's going to do what it does and it's not going to do what it doesn't do. And it just is. Mm hmm you know, it doesn't mean anything and I don't have to make up a story about it, but I, I made up a big story about it and I was living in it all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And I've had some conversations with some other women in the, in my community and stuff that have, you know, different varying, you know, illnesses and stuff that they've dealt with over their life. And, um, there seems to be a very common thread there of like frustration and, and just being like, oh, like what is wrong with me? You know? So I really appreciate you sharing that, you know, how you went from there to there. Cause that's really powerful. Yeah. And how's that, you know, as you're talking about this more and you're really starting to share more about it in terms of like, you know, the transformation in that relationship to, to illness, Um, like what are some of the big breakthroughs that you've had there like, or big, you know, besides the one that you just shared, like more realizations that you've had and how you've been able to work with those.
1: Yeah. So I think the first one came whenever I realized that Western medicine, uh, wasn't helping me and it wasn't, it wasn't for their lack of trying because most everyone in, in medicine, regardless of whether it's Western or alternative are true, good-hearted, well-meaning people, but it's just the system, you know, they're only equipped with certain things. And so they don't address the body as a whole. And so that was the biggest breakthrough for me in terms of like the actual illness, in terms of like my mental, my mental relationship, my emotional relationship to the illness. Another big breakthrough I had was actually, uh, I was watching a documentary. I think it's like, I think it was called Living living in the matrix or something about the matrix and it was, it's terrific. on gaia <laughs> i don't know if you if you know what gaia is but it's basically like netflix for yeah. for spiritual concepts and energy healing and <laughs> aliens and things like that so all the good uh, stuff if, anyone, if anyone's listening it's only ten dollars a month it's totally worth it i don't work for them i just love it so much we'll put the link um, below ladies <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> so I was watching a documentary on there and this woman was talking about how she had a brain tumor and she had started uh working with NLP because she really wanted to to help herself heal and she got really present to the thoughts that were that were happening inside of her mind and she was saying things like can't wait to be out of this nightmare this is not how I want to live my life I want to be rid of this tumor all of these just very like combative thoughts mm-hmm. and she said I realized that I was I was in such a hostile environment inside of my own body, so no wonder I wasn't healing. You know, wow. I was constantly at odds with myself, and so my ears sort of perked up at this point, and I was like, "This is kind of me. Like I do that." And so she started talking about how um, she really just realized that she actually liked herself better now as a person having had this tumor because she had met all these amazing people. She had changed her career. She had started learning these new things. She just had a completely different life and she was really excited to be the person that she was and it was all because of this tumor. And she said, so I realized in that moment that what you know, what if I just invited this tumor to stay for the rest of my life? Wow. What if I just let it be here because it's done a really great job so far, right? <laughs> And I thought, wow, you know, I totally resonated with that because Mm -hmm. I didn't start looking into yoga, meditation, spirituality, self-development, any of those things until I had gotten sick. And so many things have changed in my life um, and really created me into this new person or, you know, I could say more of who I really am because of this illness. And I actually consider myself lucky to have gone through this at a young age because, well, one, my body is more resilient at 20, 21 to 25 than it is, you know, at 50. Yeah. So, you know, it's much easier to heal at this, at this age and quicker, but also because I, I really do love my myself who I am as who I am with the illness. And I think it's really because of the illness that I, that I am here.
0: Like mm-hmm. It was an initiation or a catalyst for, mm-hmm all of these other powerful phases in life. Beautiful. Oh, So crazy how that works, right? (laughs) God, I could say that the same about mine too. You know, some of the most cathartic, you know, experiences in my life or, you know, things that were deeply, you know, painful or really challenging or really like forced me into that growth in my life or have been some of the greatest gifts. Truly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was a huge shift for me. Once I, once I just accepted that, it was actually, you know, making me into who I really wanted to be all that time. I just didn't know how to do it. And it was like the universe gave me <laughs> that that it needed to happen. And I yeah. just started looking at my symptoms just, and this is so funny because at that time I literally was just like, okay, surrender. Like every time I started feeling a symptom, I was just saying in my head, so what, so what, so what, so what, so what? So what? And it was a way for me to just sort of like you know, escape it in the moment. And through that I had is more in the realms of so, okay, this is happening. What am I going to make it mean? And so it was like that same mantra of so what Mm -hmm. just got brought to a much deeper level.
0: Ooh, I love that. That's so potent. Really cool. Great way to practice that surrendering. I love that. Will you speak more on that actually and just kind of talk more about that whole process. Cause I've, we've been ch- like a couple of people in my life, we've been chatting a lot about surrender and it seems like this really elusive topic. And I like how you just created that little mantra. Like, so what can you jam a little bit more on that for a second? Say more.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I wish I was an expert on this because I'm sure my life would be a lot easier. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody an expert on surrender?
1: I know. really like No, <laughs> probably not. Um, unless they're not human. So that was honestly the biggest the biggest lesson, the hardest lesson for me to get is is the lesson in surrender and just accepting that this is this is what it is. And that's okay. you know, not not like condoning where I am, you know, because obviously, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Yeah, being sick is great. I love it here. Yeah, you know, yeah, got it, but totally. to be like i am I'm here. This is where I am and to be, you know, to find ways to be grateful. And something I mentioned earlier was that I'm pro-health instead of anti-sick, which is a really big uh, paradigm shift for me. Man, I really wish that I had like some some juicy like golden nuggets on on <laughs> Surrender, but I feel like it really is just an experiential thing. And a lot of times it happens for us when we're just so fed up that it's like literally the only other option. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, th- those were some golden nuggets, just so you know, Samantha, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you went there and I just, it really just opens up something for me too. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's because something as simple as a mantra like that can really allow us in the moment to just ah, release and release <laughs> and release, you know? So I really like that. I think that's so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And you've mentioned this a couple of times. I wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit, you know, cause there's a very delicate dance in here around like accepting where we like accepting ourselves in the moment, you know, and what is, and then also allowing ourselves to continue to grow or, you know, whatever that might look like. Um, so it's not like accepting where you are and then being like, okay, cool. I'm just going to stay here forever now. Um, (laughs) can you, can you like, you know, share with us how you do that dance of like accepting, you know, what is in the moment and surrendering to what is and allowing yourself to move forward with, with ease, you know, and Mm -hmm. grace.
1: Yeah. I definitely think it's about not, not making it mean anything because the minute you make it mean something, the minute you make where you are mean something, you now have this big emotional attachment to it. Yeah. That's, that's what the, that's where the big shift came for me. So it was like, well, this is happening. That's it. It's just happening, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I don't make it mean anything about me or about my life or who I am as a person or whatever, then it really doesn't hold weight over me and I'm not resisting it anymore. So whenever we stop making it mean something, we can finally get present to actually what is happening because there's a difference between what is happening and what we what we make that mean, you know, mm. the the story or the, you know, the emotional reaction we have around it. Like I can be having a massive headache and that's what's happening. Yeah. But then I can also in my head be like, Oh, like my boyfriend has to take care of me now. And I'm such a burden. And, you know, my life sucks, because I can't go hang out with my friends or whatever, you know, the story is that's playing out. And the minute I start getting caught up in that, I'm unable to be present with what is. Yeah. So it's just about differentiating. And that's not to say that those thoughts don't exist, that they don't come up because they do. And they always will. Because that's just human nature but it's about learning to differentiate between the two and not identifying with it.
0: Mm, Yeah. Thanks for giving that example too because I noticed um, sometimes like we'll say something on the show or we'll, we'll, especially if you're a coach too, it's like we use coachy terms, like making things mean things. And then I've had people message me and be like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I want to make it mean something. What the hell does that mean? Um, so yeah, thanks for giving us that example. Cause that gave us like a really tangible, you know, kind of look in, okay. Yeah. When I'm in these situations and something happens or something's occurring for me and I'm making it mean that, you know, I'm broken or I'm not enough or this is this or whatever, like that mm-hmm. there's that ripple effect. So good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, you know, I really want to speak to this for a second too. And I'm sure that you you got something on this. Like, you know, it's not about perfection, you know, like we don't, we all can learn all of these things. And then in the moment, sometimes things come up and we, we you know, fall into a making it mean something trap or something. Um, how do you like when you notice that you have sort of. Um, you know, fallen for a story or a lie about yourself, or you've kind of gone into that—you know—trickled your way back into like an old pattern or an old story. If that happens to you, um, how do you get yourself back out?
1: Hmm. I think the biggest thing is that you don't berate yourself for it because yeah. then you're you're falling <laughs> yeah. into the trap again. It's like another after, trap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, making it mean something about you. Yeah, you're like, now oh, both feet are in traps. Yeah, I just fell into my old story. I really suck, yeah. and then you're like, oh dang it, that's another one. So I just fell into a pitfall within a pitfall. (laughs) So I think, you know, recognizing that it's happened and just accepting that that's what happened doesn't mean anything about you, which I feel like I'm just talking in circles now, but But it's true. It's truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good. (laughs) And then the self-love piece comes in, you know, like truly just having your back and going, oh, a little bit of humor here. Look, I'm doing that thing again. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah.
0: yeah, got it. Cool. So what are, like, what are some of the ways that you love to nourish yourself and some of the ways that you're really like practicing, um, you know, and, and cause I know holistic health is totally your thing and, and all this stuff, like what are some of the things that you love to incorporate that really nourish you on all levels?
1: Mm. I think one of my favorite practices right now is journaling at the end of the day yeah. and really getting all of my, my intentions out, like what I really want to be creating and, one of my favorite things is to write about what I received that day. Mm. And that could be a hug from my mom or 50 cents on the sidewalk or a 50% off coupon for a store that I was planning on going to anyway, or (laughs) a, a compliment from my boyfriend or whatever it is, just anything that you received because it really starts bringing your attention to abundance that's already here and things to be grateful for now. And people talk about gratitude and abundance all the time. And that's just one of my favorite ways for it to be really, really tangible and Mm. kind of like, you know, direct my focus. And that always makes me feel really, really good at the end of the day, because I know that no matter what happened that day, I received something, even if it's like I received oxygen from these trees.
0: Life is good. Yeah. Yeah that's awesome. So
1: I received another day, you know, Mm -hmm. if that is the bare minimum of what you got, you're doing okay. Yeah. So that's a huge practice for me. Um, you'll find me in the kitchen most of the time. If you ask any of my friends, they would tell you that anytime we FaceTime, I am cooking while we talk. That's (laughs) just where I'm at all the time. And that's, that's a self love thing for me. And I didn't realize that it was because for a long time, kind of going back to our previous conversation, I felt like I didn't have a choice that, you know, I had this illness and I had all these food sensitivity sensitivities so I had to be prepping food and I had to do this and I had to do that and I realized like no one was ever forcing my hand, you know. Yeah. I could have eaten whatever I you know, taken my Prozac and just, you know, kept living my life the way I was, but I chose I chose health. I chose health freedom. I chose well-being. And the choice that I made was in line with that. And so now I'm really shifting into seeing this practice as more of a practice of self-love. Because it really was a choice and it was mine. And that's honestly one of my favorite places to be. And I had sort of ruined that for myself by thinking that I had no choice because I actually just love cooking. I love the creativity. And it's almost meditative for me. Mm-hmm. So th- those two practices, just, you know, focusing on what I've received for the day and really just doing something that feels creative that I really enjoy doing that's in line with my values.
0: Yeah. So good. Hmm. I love both of those too. I really enjoy the, what I received today. I'm totally going to try that out. I just got a new journal the other day and I absolutely am in love with it. It's like baby pink. And that's not usually my jam, but this one's like really pretty. And yeah, I just there's something so spectacular about journaling for me. It has always been, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just always been such a incredible practice.
1: Yeah, I love, love, I love it. journaling, and I actually have like I have four journals because I, I just see them <laughs> and I buy them even though I'm not ready for them because I, I'm a journal hoarder, I guess. I do that with books as well, but I, I love like pretty pens and pretty notebooks and just. <laughs> There's something about that for me that's very um, – I just have an affinity for it. Yeah, I so get that. I totally get that. I love what you said about like how
0: you were able to really reclaim your love for cooking too from like just that shift in in how you were thinking about it and, and being about it. And, you know, I just really want to kind of go there for a second too because I'm sure that there's a lot of things in our lives sometimes that we we feel as though we're just simply doing it because we have to or because, you know, it's like – Oh, like it turns into this kind of excruciating you know thing in our day versus something that is actually really liberating and nourishing for us um like when you were able to I think you spoke a little bit of this on, already but i kind of want to unpack that even further because this kind of goes across the board you know a lot of things in our lives that we're not truly being very mindful about or we're feeling like we're being forced to do it versus the fact that we're choosing it like you know what was that shift like for you when you actually started to go back in the kitchen and you were like Oh, actually, I love this.
1: <laughs> I think I just realized that there's literally nothing in my life that that I that I can't choose. Like I can yeah. choose everything. Like I can choose my illness. I can choose my, you know, my hobby as, you know, as cooking. I can choose my job. I can literally choose anything I want. And we get so caught up in things like money and status and And things like that and at the end of the day like whether you're unhappy or not either way it's your fault yeah Yeah. and that was like the big the big uh shift in perspective for me was just realizing that whether I liked it or didn't like it it was completely up to me and you know it's it doesn't take anything to go on a vacation and feel super alive and happy it takes a lot to become the kind of person who can feel that way while unloading the dishwasher yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. so true yeah so true (laughs) man that old dishwasher yeah
1: (laughs) I'm like man I love this I love this place I love these dishes I'm so blessed
0: Yeah, and, like, I have really long hair, and sometimes I find when I'm unloading the dishwasher, my hair is, like, getting in my face, and I, and, like, lately, I've been finding myself be, like, oh, and, like, people will be, like, oh, your hair's so beautiful. I'm, like, yeah, but you don't know what it's like having this much hair, and I caught myself saying that, and I'm, like, really? (laughs) Like, I love my hair. I choose to have hair like this. Like, you know, this is totally not something I want to be complaining about. So, yeah, there was a shift that happened there for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny how we could always find something to complain about, you know, like, I, I... I think humor is really important in that aspect as well. Because, you yeah. know, I'll do something, I'll be in the kitchen, and, and you know what it's like, your tough I mean, if your Tupperware cabinet's anything like mine. <laughs> you try to be organized, but it's Tupperware, and so organization just doesn't exist. And you open the cabinet, all the Tupperware comes flying out. And, like, yeah. in that moment, I just I just started laughing hysterically because it looked like one of those infomercials, you know, where people <laughs> just... You know, they spill something (laughs) on themselves or they trip in just some, like, super dramatic way. And I was like, man, I could totally be in a Tupperware infomercial infomercial right now. And I just started laughing hysterically because, like, what good does it do for me to, like, be angry about it? I still have to pick it up. (laughs) Yeah,
0: totally. And I I think there's, like, a really cute little analogy in there, too, you know, because we were even talking about, like, you know, that whole concept of, like, um you know believing there's something wrong with you like if there's like messes in your life or messes in your home or whatever it's like i think it just really brings that realness back you know we all have we all have messy tupperware cabinets you know like yeah. you know it's not something to beat yourself up about and be like oh my god it should look like pinterest <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly
1: exactly no pinterest life over here
0: no no keeping it real dogs keeping it real (laughs) yeah seriously that tupperware and and like it's the mixing bowls for me because i have a tremendous amount of mixing bowls and it's like they none of them fit properly and then it's like they all just stack in there yeah it's just craziness Mm -hmm. Craziness. if you want
1: one you have to bring them all out it's a whole thing (laughs) yeah
0: totally oh so good love it Um, what can we expect to see more of you, uh, more from you this year? Like, what are you up to creating? What is like your, um, what is the world you're creating is kind of the question I want to ask you, but like, what kind of content can we expect to see more and more from you? And what's your big message this year?
1: Mm. You know, more vulnerability, you know, I don't know if I can get more vulnerable than crying on camera, but more vulnerability or continued vulnerability, love it. Transparency, you know, really getting deeper into like what is self-love because I feel like that's a very like um hot topic right now that a lot of people are hearing it. It's kind of like a buzzword and we don't actually know how to put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shifting your stories, like learning how to you know, stop attaching to the meaning that we give the different events in our lives and Last but definitely not least, just health, freedom, and wholeness and vitality. Um, I finally am at the point now where I feel like I'm ready to help other people on that path. And you know, because I'm I was never one of those people that was going to put myself out there until I really felt like I had value and I knew what I was doing. So that's a, an area that's being really you know open wide for me right now, and I'm really excited to share that with people.
0: Mm, awesome. I can't wait to see all of that. Brilliant. And, uh, what were some of like along your journey? I know I'm jumping a little bit all over the place, but I'm just genuinely curious too, is like, what were some of the like mentors or, um, transformational tools or like anything that you just really felt helped you along that journey? Um, when you were speaking to like some of the darker moments and you know, anybody mm. that's listening that might be really relating to that or saying, Hey, you know, I'm really starting that journey or midway through that journey. Like, what are some of the tools that really influenced and impacted you?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I definitely see vulnerability as being a huge tool, Um, not in the sense of like victim consciousness, but in the sense that we're all here for community and for love and to be connected with one another. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just one person, like having that one person that you can be really authentic and vulnerable with about what's happening in your life and how they can support you, I think that's really powerful um specifically other teachers and mentors uh Louise Hay yeah she's like like if I had a fairy godmother I (laughs) would want it to be her (laughs) yes she's my favorite her book um you can heal your life was kind of like my first uh self-love book so highly recommend if you've never read that anything by her is really amazing I love her voice too Uh, she, she has a couple meditations on YouTube that I like to fall asleep to. And, you know, I worked with a coach. I believe that, you know, if I was going to be a coach, it was really important for me to also know what it was like to have a coach. Uh, so I worked with, uh, Melinda Cohen for the greater part of last year. And, you know, really just, I think being your own teacher is super important and relying on, on your own intuition, and really getting getting seasoned in what that feels like,, because yeah. a lot of us have totally lost touch, so your biggest guru is yourself..
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let that land because that was another epic line right there. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> you are your biggest guru. We were talking about this actually on a different episode about exactly that and how as women we tend to, you know, when something happens or we're not sure about something or we need some input, it's like we call, you know, girlfriends or we call people in our community. But that first, you know, initial looking inwards is like, actually you're BFF. That's like, that is your best freaking friend ever in the entire world is like you and going, hey, what do I think about this? Or what do I want to do in this area? Or like really just trusting yourself, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think good. a lot of times we ask for that advice or mm-hmm. you know for input whenever actually we already know the answer like how many of us have had two outfit choices and been like yeah. hey girl which outfit should I wear and then your friend says like outfit a and you're like I'm gonna wear outfit b yeah.
0: <laughs> no don't make me think I can't wear outfit b <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally yeah that's so funny yeah I always laugh when I do stuff like that, too. I'm like, actually, I didn't ask you because I needed your opinion. I actually just asked you because I had a momentary glitch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to go choose the one I wanted. Cool. (laughs) So awesome. Love it. Any favorite podcasts or anything like that you uh, that you are like started listening to recently?
1: Um, things I've been listening to recently, honestly, just audiobooks. I'm a big audio book nerd. Uh, I, I subscribe to audible. So, you know, I'm always listening on there and I love listening to Abraham Hicks just yes. as like sort of a, like a morning or evening treat to myself, you know, cause it really just gets me in, in the flow of, of how I want to be, where I want to be living from throughout the day, you know, or where I want to Kind of leave leave all the extra stuff at the door whenever I lay down at the end of the night mm-hmm. so I know that's kind of cliche Abraham Hicks but you know you can't go wrong with a classic
0: yeah you really can't and I and I love that you that you said that too because it's like it's so personal you know like you find what works and what you really vibe on and it doesn't matter if somebody else doesn't or does or what like it's just find what works for you you know love that so good What, uh, what's in your library right now? Any books that you want to recommend?
1: Um, Hmm. That's a good question. I am reading how to heal yourself when no one else can.
0: Ooh, that sounds juicy. I've
1: never heard of that. Yeah, it's pretty new. I think it just came out in 2015 and I was actually in, in Boulder, Colorado, and if anyone's ever been to Boulder, they have like a giant bookstore that I could just live in. It's amazing. If you've never <laughs> been, you got to check it out. I, honestly, Boulder is worth it just for the bookstore. Uh, but I normally never buy books in bookstores. I always go to thriftbooks, thriftbooks.com, because they're like 3 or $4 a book, and you just honestly can't beat that. It doesn't bother me if they're used, personally. Um, so I normally don't buy books in bookstores, but I felt like, you know, it was it was fitting that I was, you know, in this beautiful bookstore, I had to buy something. So that book really, really stood out to me. And it's been great so far. Just a lot about really getting to the roots and the soil of your illness. And, and you know, if you haven't tended to the roots and the soil, then how can you expect the leaves to be green and beautiful? Mm-hmm. Here I am with my analogies again. I love <laughs> but it, I love it. lots of, like, you know, really practical energy work. And she talks a lot about like using mantras, uh, which is something that I've, I've gotten into recently. So yeah, that's a really great book. And I actually just read Alexi and Preston's book now or never, which is great. Um, it's a pretty short read. And I loved that. I love everything that they do. So yeah, me too. Yeah. Awesome.
0: You're so lovely, Samantha. I'm so glad I got to connect with you and have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much. And you're mm-hmm. lovely as well. I feel like you and I are going to be friends, fast friends I know, after this. <laughs> right? I know. A lot of parallels.
0: And I and I always love that. And I really want to just say this out loud. You know, like if you are uh, getting that nudge to like reach out to somebody or if you're like, whoa, I really like this, this person's work or I like what they're putting out there on social media, you know, I think, um, you know, and please step in on this, Samantha, like I, I, for myself, like posting on social media is great. I love that. You know, I love interacting with people that way but I love interacting with real people more, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. if you resonate with something that I say, it's like, reach out to me and like, tell me or connect with me and stuff, you know? Cause it's like, we kind of sometimes get that, the, the social media gets in between those, those like human interactions and there's just so much more there. And I totally just trust that nudge to, to reach out and, and yeah, I'm just so glad that I did. You're so lovely. And I love uh, hearing your journey. It's been so incredible to learn more about just how you came to be here and your passion for sharing this with people. So beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited that we got to have this conversation. And, you know, I I hope that this will have a, a ripple effect to our listeners. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. We will put links to reach out to Samantha as well. But is there anything like that you want to kind of leave with the listeners, kind of last point kind of thing, or call to action, like how they can connect with you or anything that you are up to right now that you'd love to invite them to?
1: Um, Yeah, really just the big thing that I'm up to right now is uh, self-love. And specifically, I'm really calling in some other women who are in the work of self-love while also Uh, having an illness or experiencing any sort of dis-ease and I would love to support you through that journey or even just you know guiding you in the right direction in terms of real health freedom and what that looks like for your life I am amazingly connected in that area so would love to help support anyone in that if you are at your wit's end and you don't know what to do reach out to me and I'll be happy to uh, connect you accordingly.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Samantha. And thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or anything for Samantha, her email is on the show notes as well. And we will talk to you next week.